Wow. It is an honor to be in Minnesota, Apple Valley. It's an honor to be here with you tonight. And we're going to laugh. We're going to enjoy the presence of the Lord. I'm going to share something that the Lord put on my heart. But before I do that, I just want to take a second to tell you, forgive me if I'm emotional tonight, just because I believe that God wants to win the nation back to himself. And I believe that it's going to start with the men of God understanding their authority, understanding their role, understanding their power. And when I saw a thousand men with their hands lifted up, worshiping God, I realized that there was enough anointing in this room to change the tide of this nation. And I want to celebrate the greatness that's in this room right now. I want to celebrate every man that lays it on the line every day for your family. I want to celebrate every man that wakes up early so your kids can have food on the table so you can do nice things for your wife. I want to celebrate every man in here who has to work two jobs just to make ends meet. I want to celebrate the brothers in here that might be looking for a job. May God open up unprecedented doors for you. May this weekend be a prophetic moment of refreshing and then God relaunching you into the thing you were created to do. This room changes everything. And you, as men of God, carry the very DNA of God. And I want to celebrate it, man. I'm telling you, it's nothing better than worshiping with the men of God. And I'm glad that the worship team didn't sing no soft girl songs. You know what I'm saying? Come on, guys, just hold a guy's hand. No, I don't even know you like that. I'm not holding no hands. It's the men's night. And I always end up holding the guy's hands who wants to hold it. He's like, hold my hand. No! What's wrong with you? No, don't hold my hand. For those who don't know, I'm not T.D. Jakes. Um, oh, yes. Get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> this is... Uh, this is amazing. Shout out to Pastor Rob and his wife. They're, in, they're celebrating, yes, their anniversary, and uh, just want to give honor to them. I want to give honor to my wife, who's, of course, clearly not going to be here because it's the men's conference, but also she's at the house taking care of my 18-month-old son and my six-and-a-half-month-old daughter. So, yeah, I keep her pregnant. Amen. Bang, bang. That's how daddy roll. A lot of people don't know my testimony, man. My mother told me at 13 years old she wanted me to be a virgin when I got married, which wasn't a problem because I was unattractive at 13. <laughs> my teeth were so far out of my mouth from sucking my thumb, I didn't even talk. I whistled. Excuse me. Excuse me. Roll look good to me. It's one thing to live holy. It's another when you don't have options. You ever seen somebody talking about, I'm waiting on the Lord? I bet you are. <laughs> but I was 13 when my mother asked me to be a virgin when I got married. I was 16 when I made the personal commitment to wait until I was married to have sex, which, you know, 
that was because my mother instilled that value in me. But I thought I was going to be getting married in my 20s. By about the time I turned 30, I was like, all right, Jesus, you're taking too long. I need you to, I need you to speed it up. I don't know what everybody always smiling about, but I need to know what's that ministry about. So I, at 30... <laughs> At 37 years old, man, I got married December 11th of 2010, and my wife and I waited, and so I'm making up for all the lost time. Amen. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> man, I was so nervous on my honeymoon because our counselor was like, you know, Brother John, it's great that you guys are getting married because Jesus Christ could come back at any time. I was like, hold up. He's been waiting 2,000 years. He can give me about five minutes. Don't you come back till I check in this hotel. You better stay up there and let me lay hands and prophesy. So, yeah, man, my, my wife's at the house, but uh, I, I'm just grateful to be here. Psalm 147 and 4 says that God numbers the stars and he knows them by name. It's a very profound scripture. And then when you learn the science behind that scripture, it should blow your mind. Why am I talking about stars? It's because I'm in a room full of them. Because each one of you has more value in your body than every star in the universe. And here's why. The Bible says God counts the stars and he knows them by name. There are about 200 billion different galaxies in the known observable universe. Within those 200 billion different galaxies, there are one septillion stars. That's a one with 24 zeros behind it. The universe that we can see with our most uh, strongest telescopic lens extends in every direction from this church right here, 47 billion years in every direction. This God who counts stars, who speaks galaxies, this God who has four and 20 elders, living creatures, cherubim and seraphim, this God who created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh, not because he was tired, but because he was finished. This God who was able to do anything at any moment. This God who speaks and worlds appear, who speaks and oceans show up, who speaks and beasts of the field and birds of the air show up. This God who can speak and stars respond. Of all the things God spoke, the only thing he put his hand on was you. He speaks stars, but he made you. There's a profound difference in speaking a thing and putting your hands on a thing. And God declared your value when he stopped everything in Genesis 1.26. If you have it, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea the birds of the air, the beast of the field, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. An image is what you take with your phone. It's a snapshot. Cheese, 
That's an image. A likeness is a 3D rendering. That's when you mold it and make it the way you want it based on the original image. And God declared after he created the entire earth, he said, now I've got this beautiful earth. I need somebody to run it. I know I'll make a man. And I'll make him in my image according to my likeness. Three-part being, mind, body, and spirit. So you have a mind to be able to process. Then you've got the body that allows you to execute the, the work of God, the will of God. And you've got a spirit that covers your emotions. That's the eternal nature of who you are. God says, I'm going to make a man and I'm going to create him in such a way that he handles the earth the way I handle heaven. I'm going to say that again for the six people that may not have understood the authority that you carry. God said, I want a smaller version of myself to handle the earth the way I handle heaven. I'm going to make a man. He's going to be so bad that the moment he speaks, whatever he speaks comes to pass. He's going to have dominion. That word dominion in Genesis 1.26 is what I want to talk to you about tonight as the mighty men of God. Dominion. Dominion is what you've been given here in Minnesota. Dominion is what you've been given in your life. You are exactly who God wants at this moment in time. You didn't just come up with your own personality. You didn't create yourself. You don't have your own desires and likes in and of yourself. It was encoded in your DNA because God wanted you to be exactly who you are and where you are. You are not a mistake. You are not the product of a romantic encounter between mom and dad. You are the express will of a living God, according to Isaiah, that for as the rain comes down from heaven, heaven and the snow, that it waters the earth, that it may bring forth in bud, that it would give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that flows forth from my mouth. It shall accomplish what I sent it for, and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You are not just a human. You are a word that God spoke. From the mind of God, you existed but in the moment that God needed you in the earth, you left the mind of God and went into the mouth of God and God spoke your name. And when he spoke your name, the egg and the seed connected and you grew in your mother's womb until such time as you were too big for the womb to contain you and you were birthed into the earth so you would continue to grow into the fullness that God originally intended. You are amazing. You are beyond comprehension. You are trillions of cells in and of themselves, but not that is your life source for God. God himself created you in his image and it's his spirit on the inside of you that quickens your mortal body. You are mighty in power, phenomenal in stature. It boggles the mind what God did when he made you. The earth has to stop and recognize the creation that is man. And I love women. We all thank God for them. But God made you first and he made you first for a reason. I'm glad y'all gave me a bath towel because these hot prison lights, I done lost 12 pounds in six minutes. I just, I feel like a rotisserie chicken. Just, who wants dark meat? Just slice it off the side. 
shout out to the men's conference committee that's got barbecue out there for the grown men tonight. <laughs> barbecue is from Jesus. The only story I don't like in the Bible is when Jesus cast out them demons and put them in the pigs. Why did you kill the pork chops, Jesus? You know it wasn't no brothers in that story because they were like, uh-uh, you better cast them demons out somewhere else. You ain't going to mess up my ham sandwich and my bacon. Shout out to the folk that made the uh, little green room back there. Clearly, y'all didn't see a picture of me before y'all had hummus in the green room. Do I look like I eat hummus? Do I even look like I hum? Have some fried chicken wings back there. Don't disrespect me with broccoli and cauliflower. Some red Kool-Aid and some fried catfish. Amen. Let's get some soul up in here. I know I'm in Minnesota. God created you. Magnificent, phenomenal, amazing. You cold. Look at you. Sharp, brilliant. God made you that way. We're men. I was getting ready to put lotion on because I was going on stage. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm with the fellas tonight. I'm going to be ashy. <laughs> I don't even care. I'm with the men tonight. Men worship different than women. It's a different atmosphere in the room. You know, women, when they're all tender and just, we love you, God. We just praise you, and you're amazing. And we love you, and you're awesome, and we just thank you. We don't, we don't worship like that. We're men. We're like, ah! God understands that. I'm tired of having to, having to dumb down my worship not to scare people. The only place we really get to be ourselves is when it comes to sports. If the church was more like sports, we'd have more men. Instead of having ushers, we need to have a broadcast booth. Welcome to River Valley Church on a beautiful Sunday morning. Guys are stepping up to the plate, getting ready to start worship, Bob. Yeah, it looks like a great team up there today. Ooh, look at that. One of them messed up the words. Let's watch that on the replay. telling you, man, God made men unique, but it has been the attack of the enemy which tries to minimize your manhood, abolish your worship, and cause you to question your identity. Minimize your manhood, question your worship, and cause you to wonder about your identity. Who am I? Did God really make me? Do I really have a purpose? You're unbelievable. You're unstoppable. You're the original intent of God's creative genius. There is nothing greater than you. Thank God for women, but they came from man. What I'm saying is there's power in the original thought of God, which is I want a man to walk in the earth with authority to the point that I can take care of heaven. They handle the earth. Did you not hear the words of Jesus who said, our father who art in heaven? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is in I want heaven on earth. God says, the way I'm going to establish that is I'm going to make a man. And I'm going to create him in my image. I'm going to give him power and creativity and authority. And what 
the enemy has tried to do is to mute the power of your manhood. Everything is feminized. Even today, psychologists tell you, you need to get in touch with your feminine side. I don't have a feminine side. I may have an emotional side, but that doesn't make me feminine. Whatever was feminine in me, God took out a rib and made Eve. And when I got back with her, that is my feminine side. Can I get a good amen? Dominion. Everybody just shout dominion. dominion. It's especially important for our young men. How old are you, young man? Nine years old. Let me tell you something. The world has really changed from the days when I was nine years old. Let me ask you this. You got a TV in your room? Yeah. You got cable? No. You got a DVD player? You play, do you play games? Xbox or PlayStation? You have that? Yeah. When I was growing up, I had something called Atari. We didn't have joysticks, little circles. Game called tennis. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Who else? How old are you, young man in the orange? 13. You got, got cable at the house? You don't? I like you. Whoever's raising you, I like them already. Where's another teenager? Here's a guy. Here's, how old are you, young man? 12? You got cable at the house? Do you? How many channels do you have? A lot? More than three? <laughs> Anybody remember ABC, NBC, and CBS? See, you don't understand this. I grew up in a time when I was your age that TV went off. Da-na-na-na-na-na. Anybody remember those? <laughs> we grew up in a different time. We grew up in a different culture. Today's kids have it so good. They don't even know what struggle is. Y'all don't even know how to have fun because y'all think playing in front of a video game machine is fun. But when I was growing up, we had two words, go outside. Anybody ever come from the go outside school of ministry? I grew up, if I woke up, if I spent the night at my grandmother's house, don't wake up early. Grandma, I'm hungry. No, you're not. Go outside. <laughs> uh, it's 5.30. It's still dark. Go outside. Tell Jesus good morning. <laughs> and hurry up and close my door. Don't be coming in and out because you're letting all my good air out. Hurry up. Close the door. <laughs> I grew up, man, playing real games like hide and seek, duck, duck, goose. Freeze tag, not it. We had real games, man. Red light, green light, stop. You know? You know, we, we, we grew up different. It's a different season in the earth. The enemy has ramped up his attack. He's trying to separate and divide us by generation. Our kids are less connected. He wants to work men so hard that you miss investing in the things that matter most, which is the next generation. And I want to celebrate every father that lays it on the line to provide. But what your children need more than your money is your presence. 
And may God give you the ability to be home to raise your sons and your daughters because we need it now more than ever. I've got an 18-month-old boy and a six-month-old daughter, and I'm now a proud gun owner. What I'm saying is this. I'm acting silly, sort of. I didn't know how y'all was going to take that. But what I'm saying is this. My family is my first priority. And as men and as Christian men, you need to know that our way of life is no longer popular. They don't like Christianity. People don't mind you talking about God. God is a generic term. But when you take the ethereal concept of God and Pull it into the form of a man named Jesus. Now you begin to offend society. You can talk about every other religion on TV. You can talk about you believe in the spaghetti monster and they'll put you on TV and they'll talk about, that's very interesting. Tell us more about the spaghetti monster. But when you talk about Jesus, now you're weird and you're myopic and you're a hate monger and you, you judge people. No, we judge no one, but I'm tired of apologizing for being a Christian. I am not going to be quiet about my faith. You don't have to believe what I believe. You don't have to agree with what I speak, but you will not shut me up about my Jesus. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is the Father's way to get us back to heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus, born of a virgin named Mary. Jesus died on a cross. Jesus rose on the third day. Jesus, who's coming back for me. I believe in Jesus. And if that's a problem for society, then they're going to have a problem with me for as long as I live because I'm not going to be quiet about my Jesus. You want to be loud about your sin? I'm going to be loud about my Savior. When you walk in dominion, you don't care about being unpopular. Real manhood is not about being liked. It's about being respected. And what we have a lack of today are Christian leaders who are willing to lay it on the line for the name of Jesus Christ. We want to be seeker sensitive. God loves everyone. He loves you. It doesn't even matter what you do. He loves, and God is in the birds and he's in the trees and God is in the flowers and, and God, God, he's, he's, he doesn't care. He does care. He absolutely cares, so much so that sin cost his son his life. People are like, God, God will work through your issues. Jesus didn't die for my issues. I can get counseling for my issues. He died for my sins. We are the church, and we are Christian men, and it's time for us to stop worrying about being unpopular and unliked and start fighting for the things that matter to God. Woe to the church that is silent about the things that God has been very loud about. I don't judge anybody's lifestyle, but if we're Christians, then we need to say this is the standard that God declares 
declared. And we need to fight for our families, fight for our wives, fight for our children, fight for the integrity of the community, fight for the integrity of the church, fight for those who can't fight for themselves. If we are really going to be men of God, we need to go ahead and step up to the plate and say, I'm not trying to be a manager. We have too many managers. We need leaders now. I'm not a politician. I'm not trying to be reelected. God elected me. My calling and election is sure because I'm a son after God's own heart. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And tonight I came to encourage and celebrate the dominion-minded men here in Minnesota who are going to make a great impact over the generation that is to come. You are amazing and you are necessary and the earth is in trouble. Mayday, mayday. God didn't send angels to do men's work. It's time for men to step up to the plate. It's time for men to pray over schools, men to pray over communities, men to pray over the nation. Clearly the politicians have failed. The government is shut down. $16.7 trillion in debt with no end in sight. Let me tell you that if the church would rise up and be what God created it to be, we wouldn't have as much need in this nation. We wouldn't need Social Security and Medicare if we honored the book of Acts, where the church provided for the needs of the people in their area of the community. If each church did its job, we would see less unemployment. We'd see less crime if the church would step up to the plate. And that's why God's first commandment was let them have dominion. That means dominate, to trample, to walk on, to possess, to own the earth. Let me tell you something. You don't rent the earth. You run the earth. <laughs> Trying to help some men in here. you like, well, tell that to my landlord. <laughs> no. I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about spiritually. You carry the authority of heaven. And it's time for men to take their rightful position, dominion. When God created you, he created you with dominion in mind. You have a unique thumbprint that has never existed in the earth and will never exist again. And inside of this thumbprint is everything God ever determined for you to do. You are so critical to the plan of God that he did not make two of you. There's only one of you and there will never be another you. And the enemy wants you to waste time in broken relationships, searching for identity, saying I'm not good enough when God allowed his son to die. So clearly you are good enough. You are worthy. You have have a plan that only you can fulfill and you've got to hop to it time is short Matthew 24 is happening in your lifetime earthquakes wars rumors of war nation against nation kingdom against kingdom perilous pestilence in various places it's happening Jesus could crack the sky at any moment but until he does we've got a job to do we've got wives to cover we got children to raise I got young men in some years that might be trying to come date my daughter they need to know I ain't always been saved. I'm slightly crazy. You better get off my porch every now and then. Can I talk to some real fathers in here? We need to cover our kids because folk are crazy. But every now and then you need to let them know I'm crazy too. 
Nothing wrong with a little crazy. Peter was crazy. He was a disciple. In the garden, he sliced somebody's ear off. You need to have a little crazy in you every now and then just to let people know, I love Jesus, but I will cut you just a little bit. Shout out to the brother up here looking like Lenny Kravitz with the guitar. I saw that brother up here leading worship. I was like, you go ahead, Lenny Kravitz. I'm proud of him. <laughs> There's three things that Dominion does. And uh, I'm just going to say them. I'm not asking you to take notes because it's men's conference. The only thing you need to take home is an extra slab of ribs tonight. <laughs> proud of y'all. It's a couple things. First thing is Dominion establishes identity. When you walk in the original authority of God, you know who you are. See, I didn't grow up with a dad. My mom and dad divorced when I was very young. My mother is a phenomenal woman of God, lived a holy life in front of me, a life of integrity. My father would call me collect from a bar on holidays, and he would call to tell me he loved me. I would tell him I loved him too. He would promise to come see me. He didn't. There were times when I'd be playing sports in high school. I'd look up in the stands. Even though I knew he lived a thousand miles away, something in me hoped above hope that he would somehow show up in those stands. He never did. There were times that I wanted my father to speak life to me, to validate me. He never did. But the Bible says, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will pick me up. And I want you to know that even though I didn't have an earthly father, I had a heavenly father who met those needs. And I'm saying that to say, I'm 40 years old now. My father died December 7th of 2000. I was the last person to see him alive. I prayed over him before he took his last breath. And there are still times that I look out the window hoping he's coming down the street. I want him to see his grandson, John W. Gray IV. See, I'm named after my father and grandfather. And I told him as he was dying, I'm going to make your name good in the earth because the name John Gray doesn't have to end with his brokenness. I can start a new legacy because I've got dominion through Jesus Christ. And when I. And when I pray over my son at night, when I rock him to sleep, every time I do that, I break a curse that was over our family. Every time I'm available emotionally to my son, I'm establishing a new order, a new level of what manhood should be with the name John Gray. See, the Bible says when God speaks a thing, it's not returning void. Your name is an envelope filled with greatness. And you are not allowed to go back to God until everything that's in you is poured out. Because heaven doesn't need your gift. The earth needs your gift. And so your ideas, your creativity, your authority, we need it here. And God made it clear to me that he spoke the name John Gray. My grandfather came to be, and he was a good man, but he died prematurely. But before he left, he had a son with his name on it. So the name John Gray remained in the earth. And even though 
My father didn't do what he was supposed to do. He named me John Gray III. And it was a prophetic declaration that the name is not going back to God void. The name John Gray is supposed to do something and add value to the earth. I'm supposed to have dominion over a certain area. And even though I didn't understand it then like I do now, I'm declaring over every man of God in this room that there's an area that only you can fulfill. There is something that you are so called to that no one else can do it. Your name is connected to it. And it's probably the area where the enemy is pressing against. He doesn't want you to walk in that direction. That's the place you need to go towards. Start moving in the direction of the struggle and you're going to see breakthrough. Start moving in the direction of the opposition and you're going to see deliverance. Start moving in the direction of the thing that the enemy's trying to hide you from. You're called to that. The thing that keeps you up at night is the thing you're called to solve. You are the man that God's been waiting for. Now, I'm not just a preacher. I don't just do comedy. I don't just sing or produce movies or direct movies. I do all kinds of stuff. Why? Because the name John Gray was supposed to do some things. And since the other two didn't do it, it falls on me. And now I have a son who's John Gray the fourth. And what I don't finish, he's going to finish. That's dominion. Dominion establishes boundaries, boundaries. That's the one thing that as men, we respect other brothers' boundaries. There's nothing worse than a grown man just walking up on you. Hey, how are you? Hey man, back up. <laughs> I don't even know you like that. <laughs> Happened to me on the plane. I'm sitting next to Coach Class Jim. Y'all don't know Coach Class Jim. He's the guy who's bigger than you, who sits next to you and wants to talk while you're trying to sleep. And he's just asking the weirdest questions. He's like, where are you going? Minneapolis, same place you're going. What, they going to drop me off in the middle of the flight? <laughs> Be quiet. Fly off and you're weird. <laughs> Don't talk anymore. <laughs> no worry. My lips are sealed. It's real creepy, and he's in my space. Real men know you don't just walk up on another guy. We don't just go up. We're not like women. You know, women, our wives are like, girl, you look good. Let me see that blouse. And they touching each other. Girl, them hips look good in that outfit. Fellas, we don't never do that. I better never come up to you and be like, man, your shoulder sure do look good in that shirt. <laughs> I will punch you right in the face. <laughs> man, you wearing them jeans tonight. I knew something was wrong with you. <laughs> Dominion establishes boundaries. The Bible says that the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And he put the man who he had formed in the garden. The word eastward in the Hebrew means before time or aforementioned or beforehand which means that God prophetically planted a garden with Adam in mind. There is a place prophetically planted that only you can occupy. There's a place that is created that only you can produce fruit in. 
You are not in competition with anybody else in this room. We are not in competition with one another. We are in concert with one another. I want to see you win, brother, because when you win, I win. Because even though we never met before tonight, the same blood that saved you saved me. That makes us blood relatives because the blood of Jesus is the great equalizer in the body of Christ. There is no black. There is no white. There is no Spanish. There is no Mexican. There is no Native American. It's just the blood of Jesus, and that is the power of the cross. When you win, I win because we are connected. We're blood relatives. Anybody mess with you, they got to go through me because we're family now. You want to scare your neighbors? Put me on your Christmas card. <laughs> hey, Bob, who's the Negro? Hey, he's my brother. I just found out. I didn't even know. <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah, get to the church. Tell you all about it. <laughs> Dominion establishes identity. You know who you are, what you're called to. Dominion establishes boundaries. God has a set place that only you can produce. And nobody else is your competition. You are your own competition. For Revelation 3 says, I set before you an open door that no man can shut. He didn't say I set before y'all. It's not our door. It's my door, which means only I can walk through it. And if I don't walk through, nobody else can either, which means it's my destiny. I've got a job to do. God created me with dominion in mind. This church has been given a rare opportunity to meet the needs of an underserved community. Clearly, there are men of means, men of great skill, men of great integrity, great husbands, fathers, grandfathers, uncles, brothers in this room. This church is a rare gift. You need to know that every church doesn't have the valuable resource of this many men. You have been given a mandate by heaven when to whom much is given, much is required. You have been given great resources. You've been given great wisdom. You've been given great opportunity. And there are those who don't have the awareness that God loves them and has a plan for their life. You may be the only Jesus some people ever see. I encourage you as men to establish dominion on your job. When you walk on that job, know that the only reason the favor of God is there is because you're there. Understand that the only reason that the company is blessed is because God's on you. You need to understand the power of dominion that God declared, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And we are sons because we cry out with a spirit of adoption, Abba, Father. You and I, our dad runs all this. You and I, our dad runs all this. And when the enemy sneaks into the garden, I want you to know, just like when people would try to bully me, I'd be like, I'm going to go tell my mama. They weren't too scared till she came out with that afro. <laughs> she had a real afro with the black fist comb. Some of the brothers know what I'm talking about. It's one thing when you say, I'm going to tell my mama. It's another when you say, I'm going to go get my dad. People don't mess around when dad walks out. I know the enemy's been messing with some men in here. I know you've been battling with your identity. 
I know you've been struggling to try to figure out your purpose. I know you've been trying to figure out, God, what's the direction for my life? How do I lead my family? God, how do I get out of this relationship that doesn't honor you? How do I do it? It feels like the enemy just keeps pushing and shoving. I encourage you as a dominion-minded man, you have the right to let your father know that there's a foreigner in your garden. And if you don't have the strength to fight it, I encourage you to let the devil know, I'm going to go tell my dad. And if God gets up off that throne... I mean to tell you, because it's one thing, all right, don't make me come in there. But when dad gets up, everything scatters. And I want you to know as dominion-minded men, the enemy has no more authority to mess with you because God himself is coming to check on his sons. You are his favorite son. This room is filled with the favor of God. You are the blessed of God. You are the overflow of God. You are the increase of God. You are the strength of God. You are the might of God. And God himself is coming to make sure that you have everything you need and every devil in hell is going to have to bow down because you are a son and you carry the DNA of heaven, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You, when you leave this earth, you don't go in the ground. Your body does. Who you really are goes back to heaven. See, your body houses who you really are. This, this will be gone. But who I really am is going back to my father because that's where I came from. And I want to encourage you that while you're in this earth, you carry the DNA of God. You carry the power of God, the authority of God, the vision of God. And more than that, it's time for the sons of God to walk in dominion like never before. May this great church rise up and may every man in here awaken to his true destiny. May you never again doubt your power, your anointing, your authority, or your dominion. You were created to win and you cannot lose. The power of God is upon you. And may the Lord bless you, your wives, your children, your grandchildren, every business owner. May God bless it all. If there's any sickness in the room, may the Lord heal it. From prostate to cancer to liver to kidney disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, rheumatoid arthritis, any sickness that exists. May the miracle God who made you save you and heal you. May you see like never before the power of God overtake this church. You think you've seen God. You've seen nothing yet. God is about to blow your mind because it's the pleasure of the father to surprise his sons. Let me pray for you. We got barbecue to eat. Hopefully this word encouraged you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for my brothers, my co-laborers. I ask, Lord, that you will bless them with a significant anointing. I pray that you will bless this great church. Thank you for these mighty men. It is my prayer that even though they didn't know me, that they will receive this word, not as a word of correction, for it was not that. It was a word of encouragement to every great man in this room. Father, even though we come from different places, different cultures, it is my prayer that they will receive the spirit that was in me, which was to honor the greatness in the room. May each man here awaken to the true nature of his destiny. And may he find in you ultimate fulfillment. And if by chance there is anyone or anything hindering them from moving in the direction of their calling, that you will remove it now 
There are warriors in this room, leaders in this room, husbands and fathers in this room, men who will change the world. Bless you. Bless you, God, for making these men the end-time army that you always knew they could be. This is my prayer on men's night. In Jesus' name, amen.